women face unique challenges, from glass ceilings at work to everyday personal stressors. The Maiden Voyage podcast covers it all, offering tips and tricks for overcoming your struggles. While this lady-hosted podcast focuses heavily on women's issues, it's relevant for anyone who values self-improvement, equality, and badass inspiration. We all navigate this journey together. Welcome aboard. Welcome, Wayfinders, and welcome, Maiden Voyage team. How are the mermaids? So good. <laughs> Doing swimmingly. Awesome. Swimmingly. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. So glad to have you on board. Uh, first off, real quick, as, as we do this, as this episode goes live, it's less than a week away from International Women's Day. So Remington and I thought it would be a good chance to highlight the women of Impulse Creative, uh, y'all's podcast, and explore what it means to be a woman in marketing today. Uh, now, one quick disclaimer I want to throw out there. Everything we covered today is going to be opinion and personal experience. We are not lawyers or experts in that sense. So this is not advice. This is just a conversation. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so let's, let's get this kicking off. Remington, go ahead, man. Oh, man. So let's start with a little background and chart the course. Talk to me about who wants to give the story for our Wayfinders about Maiden Voyage, the podcast, and how it became. Well, first, I'd like to say thanks for having us, guys. Um, we're happy to be here. And I also want to let all of your listeners and watchers know that this isn't all of us. So we are missing two of our mermaids, but we're going to represent them very strongly. Rachel, as I'm sure your listeners know, Remington's co-owner and wife, boss. Uh, the boss, boss. boss. Yeah. <laughs> is, is unable to make it today, as is um, our, our beloved director of projects, Audrey, she is at home with her two baby newborns. So I uh, just want to let everyone Twins. know that you're getting three out of five. That's not too bad, but we're okay. really excited to be here. Um, Jen, I guess Julie wasn't here yet when we started the inception of Maiden Voyage. Uh, but Jen and I I'll defer to you guys to tell the story. I love the origin myth, though. <laughs> it, it, it's so... And right, Jen, it was kind of like happenstance. We had an internal Slack channel that was called Girls Rule, Boys Drool, mm. where we had regular banter <laughs> about things that women talk about, mascara and recipes and just life. And there was an article that kept getting passed around about like an exclamation about women using exclamatory, you know, um, fair right in their emails and how we were like we all started taking opposing sides and, and we all came down to HQ we were sitting in the conference room talking and Remington looked at us and said you guys should start a podcast so we did awesome. I missed it Jen did I miss anything no I mean that was pretty much it and I think at least I felt the first time you said that I, I laughed it off I was like, oh yeah, sure, we'll start a podcast. What are we gonna yeah, what are we sure gonna talk is. about? Like bras and nail polish. Like how how does this have to do with marketing? But then after we actually started talking about it, we realized there are a lot of things that have to do with marketing that we could talk about. Um, so it just ended up being the perfect outlet for us. Very cool. And obviously, like, there's so many layers to what women contribute to the professional world, to marketing, especially, but to our company in particular. Um, I want to I want to unpack something, though. We love talking to our guests about shipwrecks, right? We're, we're wayfinders. Sometimes we don't find our way. Um, so think about a shipwreck that Maiden Voyage has had to come through a little bit and what you learned from that. Or one of our previous guests said, 
the debris in the water, maybe if you didn't oh. fully if you didn't fully wreck, so you could jump That's on true. both if you don't necessarily we, have a shipwreck. Um, refer to that in Maiden Voyage as the poop deck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Let's explore the poop deck then. Let's hear it. Wait, I'm just gonna shut my door. I'm sorry, sailors barking like uncontrollably. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that we've had any major blunders where I felt like we were taking on water fast and had to <laughs> react to like a, a big event. Um, but something that we were just chatting about a little before this meeting um, is Jackie and I were saying that we can't believe how long we went without developing a press kit and other brand assets that we could share for guests who came on our podcast to know like, hey, this is what our podcast is about. This is our mission vision. Here's a little bit of background on the mermaids so that you can engage with each of the people on the podcast. And just basic, you know, if you want our logo to share on social media, here here's an attachment there. Um, so just just we we went through two whole seasons and we're to the beginning of season three before we realized yeah maybe we could make one of these like and funny enough we're like marketers so <laughs> it's like the cobbler's kids shoes right remington right yeah right. yep. we were the squeakiest of wheels and we, i think we were just like passionate and having fun and excited and didn't like need this like feeling of um like something formal, right? Nothing, yeah. I didn't need anything formal. We were just like doing it. And then we got to season three and we were like, we want to do this better. And so we looked into, and Julie coming on board was a big proponent in that because she started asking questions that we didn't have answers to. So it really <laughs> tripped, tripped us to like, shit, we need like, oh, can we curse on your podcast? Yeah, why not? Okay, I don't sure. know the rules here, guys. Okay. We don't have any so, rules. <laughs> yeah, so we, we need to like, get our stuff together and we wanted yeah. to know like how are people watching where are they watching and how long are they watching and all that kind of data that helped us drive this current season into understanding what our listeners want and what we want to give them and kind of meld that together mm -hmm. cool so i also remember um what i one of the things i love and this is like behind the scenes stuff in the slack channel when you guys were going back and forth about this stuff you were like yep that's that sounds about right. And then you'd have a lot of discussion between it. I loved how it was a, a group effort in that regard. But then when it all came together, you guys are like, holy crap, we're like real life. <laughs> Just some of the conversation points in there. I was like, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah it feels good to have your stuff together. Right. Yeah. I think that's what's really cool about this group of women uh, coming in as a newer wayfinder and a newer mermaid in this group. You know, you don't know always what to expect. And I found that the women of Impulse are so very much the type that lift each other up. And it's tremendously refreshing. And Remington, I think when you see in the Slack channel that we all just kind of get blown away by the smallest thing and the fact that this podcast existed so off the cuff, just doing it for two whole seasons. And the only reason I was asking some of the questions I was asking was because I said, oh, this is a thing. It's together. Certainly X, Y, or Z is known or exists. Because, of course, it does. Uh, so it's to me where I was coming in at in the the maiden voyage journey was was really interesting. That's awesome. Really cool. Um, I, I'm gonna jump into something real quick. You mentioned Julie just said that w the women of Impulse were very uplifting. So I, I've I've heard 
as I listen to people talk, that women are often not that uplifting or catty or whatever you want to say. So is this a different experience then for you then? So I think that a lot of my experiences have either been roles or organizations where there just weren't a lot of women. Oh, okay. I have at times worked with women who, you know, we had the same role or very similar roles and it could be very competitive. Mm. And when you're competing with someone in the same role, it's not always easy to be friends with them. Yeah. And at that, you know, different points in your career, you have different thresholds for that. And then um, there's not a lot of neutrality here. I don't often get on a meeting with three or four or five women of impulse and someone doesn't say something nice about someone. So it's really easy to say nothing, Mm -hmm. really easy to say nothing. And this is not the group that does that. Cool. Truth. Awesome perspective. Truth. (laughs) Um, Awesome. Well, it's fun is like, you know, uh, Rachel and I years back, we, we've had like a, a cycle throughout um, the hiring process. The chrysalis effect is an old episode that people can listen in on if they want to understand what that cycle is. But we went from, we went from several women in the organization to, it was like Audrey, Audrey. all by herself, yeah. right? And she Audrey had to deal with all of us as we were in growth mode. And it's funny because we went from, you know, we went from Audrey as one, I think it was one out of like nine of us to now it's, um, we have a new hire coming on soon. It's going to be literally 50, 50 Mm -hmm. women and men in the organization. So, um, it's, it's just fun to see the trend. And I, I was looking in preparation for this, I was looking at, um, like PR stats and stuff coming out of school and women are majority in the PR marketing field in a lot of cases, in a lot of schools. And it's interesting because when you look at the, in the the professional setting, they aren't necessarily. Um, So it's interesting to see kind of where, where that all goes. It was just one of those things. I'm like, so we're like now above average on, (laughs) you know, based on the peers and things that we've seen. So it's been fun to see that ebb and flow. um, And we appreciate every one of you for sure. Awesome. All right. So now you get to talk about the proudest moment with Wayfinding Growth. What? Voyage. You, can each have it? Or yeah, sorry, with Maiden Voyage, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> talk to me about like what your proudest moment was and what it taught you. And you could each go or you could all just agree, however you want. Huh. I mean, I think that some of the interviews that we have done have like made me very proud of like with a lot of us, you know, like talking to like some heavy hitters in our industry and just like, like talking, like being friends. uh, She's my friend. Being friends with (laughs) Kavanaugh is like, (laughs) she's my friend. Okay. And like, so we're all friends with her, right? Like Jen and I saw her. Not your friend, my friend. Right. My friend. <laughs> but we're all friends with her. No, Jen and I saw her at Inbound and she greeted us like we'd known her for 30 yeah. years, you know? And so yeah. having opportunities to talk with some heavy hitters um, with like Bella Vasta, who we met, who's huge in our industry. And um, who else? Have, we've just interviewed some like top notch females. Simone McGee with um, the dress down. The dress down. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I think I'm just so proud having the opportunity to share these other women's stories and passions and be like a platform for them. 
that, and it just makes us so excited to, to learn from them and to let them kind of preach their teachings um, to our audience. And, and I love that. Very cool. Yeah, I would definitely piggyback off of that too. It's funny that you said that, Jackie, because I was, <laughs> and these came to my mind too. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but I was thinking of it more in the aspect of, I know Anise is very close with a lot of us on the Impulse Creative team. Um, and she made a special purposeful instance to share her new book with our team and make sure that we got pre-released mailed versions of her novel. Um, and I think it was a moment like that where I realized that Maiden Voyage, although definitely like a helpful podcast for our listeners that's the whole point first and foremost but to me it it was about relationship building and meeting some mm -hmm. really great wonderful people who like Jackie said I truly would call a friend and who inspire me all the time and make me a better person and I think that's my favorite part about the podcast for sure cool so I think I still have some new guy perspective here. I haven't had a chance yet to be part of any of these super great interviews, although I have listened to them and seen everyone else in action and it's so impressive. And I think that for me, just the opportunity to become one of the mermaids and to be invited to join the podcast crew was really exciting because when I came in to Impulse Creative, I recognized that there were smart, strong, savvy, opinionated women here. And that as a woman, I think can go one of two ways, right? You can be welcomed into that and hold your own, or you can find yourself sometimes a little bit on the outside of it. And I think it was probably my second day at Impulse Remington. You mentioned that there's this podcast and then yeah. maybe my fourth or fifth day, I think Audrey and Jackie messaged me and said, Hey, we have this podcast. You should be part of it. <laughs> And I was just so <laughs> relieved. I said, okay, I've arrived. And it's, it's just been a pleasure ever since. Awesome. I, I picture awesome. back in, in middle school being invited to the cool kids table. Like that would be me. Going, <laughs> yes, yes. So I can, I can feel that excitement. What's great is all the women of Impulse are invited to this table. Right. Uh, but it yeah. still just felt special like to get the invitation. Mm -hmm. Fair. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So, so Remington mentioned um, the stats that he was looking at, how, how women uh, are a huge part of the PR and marketing world in education. But as he said, in the professional world, it doesn't seem to be that way. Marketing has been a long male-dominated industry. So on this, this International Women's Day era that we're talking about right here uh, in March, I wanna, I'd love to hear back from, from you ladies, what is it like being a woman in marketing in this male-dominated industry? So I know a lot of really sharp, savvy women in marketing. And I, having worked in an agency, I think I've worked with a lot of women who are marketers, but it's a skewed perspective because when I worked in-house, um, I had, my last in-house job was an 80 person organization and I was the only full-time employee in the marketing department. And everyone else I worked with was business development, sales, or account management. And in those groups, we had four account managers. One was a woman. We had three or four different 
sales reps, all of whom were men. And we had three BDRs, all of whom were men. And then our VP of sales and marketing was a man and our CEO was a man, right? So it, it's not always just that there's this gap in marketing, Fair. but it becomes the gap in business. And I think that's what I felt the most. I have very often literally been the woman at the table because in this mm-hmm. revenue team kind of setup that organizations have, it's a lot of men and then the one woman in marketing. Mm-hmm. I have often referred to myself as a one woman marketing show when I was an in-house marketer because that's what you had to be. Uh, and that's an interesting dichotomy. I think I don't know why it's the case that women maybe tend to push towards marketing and men push towards sales. Why organizational leaders in sales or marketing tend to be men. I feel privileged that I have been able to work with so many women in leadership roles, in marketing roles as peers, as direct reports across the board um, is really, really cool. Um, And I think it's really cool that our leadership team, Remington, how many men are on our leadership team? How many men sit at that table? You. (laughs) Yeah, just one. I have to joke like I'm a half person there because Rachel's Rachel's there too. So she counts (laughs) for three quarters of me. But, um, but yeah. But yeah, it's, and it's been interesting because, you know, that, that naturally happened, which was cool too. So that wasn't like one of these things where it's like, hey, we need women on our board. I know that was one of the articles that I read, like a couple, was it, I think California is like, must have women on, on your board. And that was like the directive um, that was not that way over here. Um, Julie, it's funny you should say that. I have something to say about what you just said, Robinson. I don't know if this is the time, but if I was ever someone's box to be checked, I would be. Mm. So there's that, but we'll, well, we'll, we want to unpack that too, though. Yeah. Um, So what I think is funny though, Julie, is I'm the odd man out here. Um, Although this is a marketing agency, I am the sole salesperson, if you will, (laughs) at the agency, and I am a woman. Um, I have worked at three inbound marketing agencies, and I was the only salesperson at all three of those, and still a woman. Um, So I, though, however, in my very almost 15-year-plus career in sales, have also been surrounded mostly by men. Um, However where I first started was a giant agency and or giant company. Um, and there were a lot of leadership, women in leadership at that organization. So as, as a young salesperson, I did see there was opportunity for growth in, in these large sales organizations. Right. Um, but as you go into these smaller companies, yes, it is typically this male driven leadership environment. Um, and I've never hated working with just men. I've had an easier time working with men than I do with women. So as Julie mm-hmm. stated earlier, like coming to Impulse and having all these great women who you actually get along with and like, it's not catty and we don't fight and it's not this table and that table. Like that's a very interesting um, mix of humans that actually can all come together and like each other. Uh, but from a professional standpoint, I'm used to being surrounded by men and um you know, coming from the sales background, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. So. But it doesn't have to be. Right. No, but that is, that's just kind of the, sure. 
and the perception of sales, right? Like, in my opinion, you can't understand, right? Not, yeah. I wish it was like Mad Men. If I could like drink <laughs> and smoke cigars all day, I'd be like, <laughs> here we are, hello. But like, you know, I, I think sales is can or can't. There's no gray area in sales. So if you can't, whether you're a male or a female, you just can't. Not everyone wants to talk to strangers or get on the phone or has that ability to like click and be in all the time. Um, and I don't necessarily think that's a male or female trait, but I do think that like that used car salesman, like you, I didn't go to college to be a salesperson. I went to college for marketing and I just was pushed in this direction by uh, an educator who said, you'd be really good at this. And so I think that sometimes females can be apprehensive to tap into that because sales feels like a male industry. Interesting. Great perspective. So when you talked to your, you said earlier, Jackie, you don't want to be someone's box to be checked. I want to unpack that. Cause I, I love getting into like really deep societal things that we have to deal with. Right. Um, so like, um, you know, th there used to be a time where, where bosses didn't hire anyone of color. Right. So we needed to have a program in place to get pe companies to treat people equally. Our, and, but and then Remington mentioned that it's that way in California with women on boards of directors on boards on boards. So like, are we just, are we just still not there when it comes to that equality or is it just like, like, like what's going on with that? What do you, what do you guys think? So I want to adjust that a little bit. So when does the point of having directors for inclusion become a box to check and what's that fine line in your opinion i almost feel like if it's a culture where that even needs to be said out loud it's not a culture mm -hmm. that i want to be in because it seems like something that should be assumed and that From the root. yeah ex exactly and the fact that the five of us here think hear that and say that is ridiculous people should just do that anyway reminds me of the fact that I think if I were to be interviewing for a company or something and somehow found out that the reason I was up for consideration was because I was a woman, mm -hmm. I would not take that role. Sure. Good perspective. Interesting. So I maybe have a little different opinion than Jackie, which is that if you want me to do something because I'm a box to check, I'm glad to come check that box and I'm happy to check that box better than anyone else ever has or will or can, <laughs> right? Because I'm stubborn and spiteful and, <laughs> and I am just fine with coming in and bulldozing, right? That actually makes me a little happy. <laughs> you don't think I'm here to add value. Let me show you the value you're about to have. Mm. Sparks. It almost just feels like an uphill battle from the beginning though, right? Like, oh, for sure. You know, and it's like, I, like, I don't want to start this and, and I wouldn't want to start this opportunity feeling like I'm already the Achilles heel, right? Like they're like, wow, well, we hired this chick cause we had to, let's see what she can do. And you're right, <laughs> like, what's that, what's that word you used in our last podcast? You like to be, what was it in the boardroom? Like overlooked or like. Underestimated. Oh. Yeah, underestimated. Underestimated. Like you, like, right, right. You're like, I'm coming in hot. Like, not me. 
hundred percent, hundred percent. But I also think there's some reality in sometimes there need to be these forced directives of inclusion, right? So there's that super famous study of musicians who are auditioning for an orchestra and they switch to blind auditions with, um, with a sheet covering them from the adjudicators. And they found that there was this tremendous shift in ratio of men and women called in for callbacks, right? Malcolm Gladwell talks about this. I don't remember who actually did the study, but like that's fact. And you would often think people in the arts are not going to have this gender bias and they're just going to be purely listening. And there are just other factors at play from a larger culture yeah. society standpoint. And we have to remember culture is implicit, right? It's not usually right. something you can describe or explain or know about. It's just part of you. And if it's just part of you, you can't be conscious of biases bringing to the table. So while it would be great if we could all just think, well, what is the skill set or what is this or what is that? There's definitely some underlying areas where if we can eliminate something or force inclusion or this or that, maybe there is some benefit there. I can't even help but think that that has also leaked its way into mainstream pop culture shows. Um, like, um, like dating games where they're back to back and they're asked questions and the masked singer and um, um, True. not the American voice. Idol. What's the other the voice. one? The voice, which I love. Like, like we're even taking that onto TV these days saying like, you can't judge a book by its cover. Judge me by what I'm producing for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fun. Interesting. But I like to be judged by my cover. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning so, that so i've got so um so i've got an, an example that is part of an orange origin story for impulse creative um that you know that was with rachel i'm sure she'd have this story all by herself um if she was able to make it today but one of the things that was interesting so the company when it was founded was founded as remington graphics um, and Remington graphics was because Remington's a name everyone could remember. And I did graphics. That was like essentially the stuff that we did. Right. So we built websites and all that jazz, a lot of the same stuff as impulse creative. And when Rachel, um, made me become like legit real, uh, from a company perspective, which we have an episode on that on wayfinding growth. Um, it was, it was one of these things where you're like, she just decided, she's like, you know, what? I could really. I could really contribute here. And I was like, by all means, whip me into shape. Let's make this work. <laughs> and so um, it was interesting because she started like running operations from legit day one. And um, she'd answer the phones and stuff because I'd be in meetings and people would be like, oh, is Remington there? And she'd be like, no, but what can I handle for you? Oh, no, like I'll just call back when Remington gets back. And, and that didn't just happen for a couple months. Like once people knew who, knew who Rachel was like it was like it was like better part of a year and a half and um and it was interesting because she'd start calling people out um about it well you know is there something that I can help you with and they're like no like no I had a question about I had a question about how this website should work and she just instead of waiting to be asked she'd just answer and she'd start with in the beginning it was like well he'd say and then just started like what what she says um you know and and it's been a it, the i feel like of course this is a man's view that it's easier now than it used to be 
eight, 10, 12 years ago. Um, but that's my feeling. Or um, I'm just around powerful women who make it look easy. So there's that too. But, um, but the other, the part that was the most colorful in this is we also had a, uh, we also had a company that did motorcycle accessories. And, you know, Rachel would be out helping with that as well. And you'd have some of these misogynistic bikers that would roll up and they'd be like, I'll pay double if she does it. And she did. And they, and she's like, where's the double? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so like, it was funny because it got to a point where it was almost a joke, but they, they legit were like in awe that she'd actually like rip off the seat of the bike and start like plugging in wires and doing all the stuff on the motorcycle. And I think that a lot of times it could be societal, but at the same time, it's also pretty closed minded that it's, it's not always, and I don't think it comes from ill will in most cases, but it's just, it's how it's been. Doesn't mean that's how it should be. Yeah. That's my soapbox. Um, but it was, it's, it's been an interesting, um, an interesting path from, you know, we changed the name to Impulse Creative. It helped with, hey, where's Remington? But you could still see the trickle down effect of, of what you guys are talking about too. All right. So. So I want to, I want to ask. Um, so as we're talking about International Women's Day, um, we, we think about that just like, purposeful misogynistic behavior right guys are just being jerks right not but, being those people <laughs> yeah right we don't we we want to not be that those people but i think about if i'm ever accidentally misogynistic so first of all is that a thing yeah, oh i, I see nods so. <laughs> okay mm -hmm. where's the tape yeah <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the tape on me? Hold on. Oh, <laughs> um, no. This no, that's like an inside. Okay, I'll explain. This was a whole freaking episode I think we did on Made in All right. Where's... All right, well, if it is, let's make sure we link to it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why are you asking a woman where the tape is? I don't know where the freaking tape is. Why don't you oh. look for... You got two eyes. Where's the tape? <laughs> Audrey would constantly get asked, like, where are the scissors? Where are the paper clips? Like, sure. I, I don't know. There is, this is the closet where all of those items live and you can walk in and look. It's a miracle. That's funny. <laughs> that's, that's really There's, good. Like that, that is accidental misogynistic behavior, I believe. Like no ill will is meant. Like my husband this morning, babe, have you seen my, no, I don't know where your shirt is. <laughs> all the time. I do not know where your shirt is, okay? He's not trying to put me into this like, you're my woman, you do my laundry box. But that's just like what it is. It, that's the box that I was put in. It. <laughs> And I cut him off before I don't even know what shirt he was looking for, but he found it by himself, you know, and it happens in the office all the time. And nobody like, uh, another great example. We talk about this all the time, Jen and Julie, I don't know if you've heard this, but we have a meeting in the boardroom and the women are cleaning it up before the meeting starts. And the women are cleaning it up when the meeting is over. And I don't think any of the dudes at the office are saying, I'm not going to clean that because it's Jackie, Jen, and Audrey and Julie's job. That's not the mindset. It's just this natural tendency that like, 
you know, I think it goes back to like the caveman genetics where women <laughs> clean and cook and men kill and for it, you know, like <laughs> it's innately inside of us that leads us to believe that's how things should be, I guess. I don't think anyone is trying to pin us into the housekeeper, but that's mm -hmm. just how it happens. Sure. So how can we stop that? That's Get the second part of that question. Look for the tape. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Like, you know, before you ask a question, think about it, right? Like, sure. where's X and Y? Can I find X and Y on my own? And we even do it like internally with documents where we're like, oh, d like, do, do I, where's this document? Go look for it. Now, to be fair, I do it too. <laughs> to, right. So, to be fair, probably. Yeah, well, but not so much like any particular piece of that. Is it that when a man does it versus a woman does it? And I'm not saying you're wrong, Jackie, by any means. But like, is it that? But like, what is it if that exact same scenario, if there was that curtain and you heard the play-by-play -play of those actions, what is like, when does it become laziness versus the misogynistic tendencies, mm. I guess, is one of my questions. Uh, because I, I see both sides doing it, yeah. but I do agree men do it quite a bit more. So I think there's a little, the point isn't necessarily that the question's getting asked. It's sure. who the question is directed towards, right? No Fair. one's saying Remington wears the tape. They're okay. saying Audrey wears the tape. the tape. And you right. guys are probably standing next to each other or at least back to back, right, in the office. Yep. So it's not that Audrey is physically closer. Now, Audrey is an exceptionally organized human. Right. And I would also ask her where the tape is. Because I think <laughs> yeah. she would know. Right. Right. But why is Audrey the exceptionally organized human who would know where the tape is? Mm -hmm. Sure. Right. Sure. Is it because she has to or is it because she wants to? Or is it that she's color coded it and there are 16 different kinds of tape for different uses? Well, that might be the case. But the, I think the way to avoid it is, what am I asking? Why am I asking the person I'm asking it to? Have I tried to help myself first? And then when you ask the question, you can say, hey, I just looked in the closet over there. I can't find it. You're pretty organized. Do you know where the masking tape is? Right. But of course, we know that it would be the shelf underneath. Where you looked. Where we looked. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Or there would be a very specific explanation like, yes, the tape is in the draw, third from the left, underneath three pieces of paper, because last week we had this type of scavenger hunt activity. Right. That's, right. That would be the answer. That's right. absolutely true. I've given that answer before, right? Your phone charger is located somewhere between the nightstand and the bed because you were doing this and blah, blah, blah. So you're going to have to dig in to find it. I've given that answer before. So then that leads me down the path of like, is it us or them? Are we enabling them to be yeah. accidentally misogynistic by being so awesome? Yeah, it's your fault. Yeah. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Because I was about to say one of the things that I've learned in my career and in my life is that women are superheroes and like can handle a hundred million times more than my, my brain can just in general. Um, but it's, so it's more of a state of survival for me in some cases than it's 
than it is misogyny. Um, so there's something to think about. I think, yeah, I think the bottom line you're enabling us. is that accidental misogynistic behaviors aren't offensive. I really don't Ooh. think they're, you know what I mean? Like, Ooh. I don't think anyone is personally offended okay. by being asked for the thing, right? Because I don't, I would like to believe if it's accidental, it could it be poor, like, um, ethics or behaviors growing up, right? Like sure. their mommy did everything for them. So they naturally ask women for help. So like that, is that making them misogynistic or is that how they were raised? Like, I think, I think act like and being inadvertently misogynistic and inadvertently misogynistic are very different, very different. They feel different. Yeah. They sound different. They look different. Interesting. Good point. Like Jen, I let's... had straight up sexism up in my grill. Like it makes you feel gross. Asking okay. me where the tape is doesn't make me feel gross. It just makes me annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Jen, what's the record? You? I won't stand for that. But go ahead, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. What were you going to ask me? What What say you? Have you faced that kind of like? I, I love how Jackie just said. There's a difference between purposeful and accidental, and yeah. and there's a, a feeling. Like, have you had that in over your career? Yeah, um, I would say, and I don't, I haven't really even talked to either of the ladies about this, so I'm curious to see if something like this has happened to them before, um, is I feel like I'm really good at forming relationships with people in general, but sometimes when I form a relationship with a guy, I feel like they almost take the context too casual in an effort to bond, and there are forced awkward situations. For example, one of my triggers is I hate being called man. I don't want someone, mm. one of my coworker or a male friend to say, hey man, how's it going? Hey man, can you get me this? Or just even maybe not so much in a work context per se, but just in a like, hey dude, what's up? I'm not a dude. I'm not a man. <laughs> Do not label me that way. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think it's malicious. I think they're trying to, you know, be buddy-buddy, make a connection, be casual, but it feels so rude and callous and off-mark to me that I feel like then I am put in a very awkward situation where to stand behind my values, I have to delicately say, that's not acceptable. Um, you know what I mean? So then it's leveraging an awkward conversation to say, Hey, I, I know you don't mean ill will by this, but it kind of bothers me when you say that. Can you not? Like, I am a woman. I am a lady. X, Y, Z. Even to the extent of people trying to maintain a casual, more like male-oriented gesture. Like, have you ever, have either of you ladies ever been with a male coworker and some an accomplishment, a celebration of sort happens and they go to like, fist bump you or something and it just feels so weird to me like <laughs> fist bumps, I know that sounds odd to say maybe not everyone feels this way but it feels like a very like masculine like yeah like let's do it and to me I'm like I just don't want to be part of that 
Yes. Don't fist bump Jen. Okay. <laughs> don't fist bump me. I'm even guilty of it sometimes too. I find myself like doing like the fist bump emoji or something when someone's like, hey, awesome. And then I be mindful of it too, because I know in some instances, like it's a trigger for me. So I try <laughs> not to do that either. It's kind of ironic and weird. Sometimes I feel like situations are very delicate because I hate to say it, but I feel like it's it's easier than you think to like offend people nowadays. Some people right. have their, their own triggers. And like we've said repeatedly is people don't mean anything negatively by it. Um, so I, I don't know. I think for me, sometimes it's just a matter of respect. If I communicate something to a male figure that I would like them to stop doing or to phrase differently or do in a different mm -hmm. context and they're, they're able to do that for me right away. No harm, no foul. I, I respect them more. I appreciate that. Um, but I think that some, some women, especially in a work context, I've experienced over the years are very bashful or embarrassed about bringing something like that up or too light. And they just feel like it's better to ignore that or it bleeds out in a different sort of passive aggressive context later on. Um, so I think for me, the most important part is if, if a male coworker does ever make me feel uncomfortable for something, just telling them. Yeah. That's good. I think it's good advice. Yeah. I think everyone has their thing, right? You know, Jen, yours is when someone calls you like, Hey man, how's it going? And mine is when someone walks into the room and says, Hey ladies, I'm usually like, Oh, <laughs> right. I always feel so bad. I totally the opposite. Do that. <laughs> I'm always like, hey, ladies, what's up? <laughs> but I recognize that, like, that's a me thing. That's not. I'm just gonna say yo yo yo. <laughs> I like it. I need a hand gesture and like some attitude no. when you do it. Can't do that. <laughs> well, then you can't say yo yo yo. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I also have like bro tendencies, right? I I have um a little podcast I record with a friend of mine who is male. He's a man. And his girlfriend finally listened to it one day and he said, and she said to him, oh, Julie's like a bro. Oh, man. <laughs> and he and I were both like, it's fine. yeah, right? Like it's, it's just where I come from and how I interact with people in the world, which is so different, right, Jen, than how you do. And both are okay. And I think that's the point of of feminism, of talking about this, of having these conversations, is that it's not, you can never call a woman dude or man, or you can never refer to a group of women as ladies. It's that everyone feels differently about different things and you just have to listen. Yes. I like that. I really like that. Or ask questions. I mean, sometimes it's yeah. very, it's very evident by somebody's body language or the way they react to something, even if they don't vocally say that it bothers them just be very mm -hmm. sensitive to those things and, and don't hesitate to leverage even if it is an awkward or difficult conversation or if you do notice that body language just don't do it again you mm -hmm. maybe you don't even need to have the chat about it just realize that oh that bothers me. i'm gonna stop it's funny um bro is my trigger and it's slowly starting to be like shaved like it's just starting to dwindle now um because because I get it so often from other bros. Um, the only bro that, um, the only bro that can, used to be able to call me bro is my brother. 
Um, but it's funny because it's like permeated into, uh, into communication just in general. But I feel the same way. It used to be like, I'm not your bro, bro. Is it bro or brother? Does it matter? Bro. Bro. Prometheus. So I feel, I am, I'm hard to trigger. I am not like. That's because of sales though. I'm not offended (laughs) unless you come at me and then I'm offended. (laughs) You know, like I will never come honestly, at you, Jackie. Don't I come honestly, at me, bro. <laughs> I think that like it comes from just like being a like I had to have a tough exterior early on in childhood, being like mm. a not physically acceptable by society, like a frizzy haired little Jewish girl, and people <laughs> were mean about that, right? Uh. And so like I had to get tough quick and had this tough exterior and like i'm just not it's really hard to offend me um i probably offend more people than i i get offended because (laughs) i I just say it as it is so i'm working on that you know at least twice a week for me but that's fine (laughs) it's love it's good well i think there's a difference too between like truly offended and just a little bit of annoyed for for me anyway Mm -hmm. Like sure. there are times I'm just a little bit annoyed. I'm like, not at you, Jackie. I mean, uh, uh, just in general, right? Um, I mean, at, at, at Remington, no. Um, where somebody might just annoy me a little bit because of whatever they've said or done. My trigger is guys. Hey guys, like you go out to a restaurant, and they're like, hey guys, how you doing tonight? I look around, I'm like, I've got my wife and two daughters here. We're not guys. It's so I'm funny like, that like Jeff is also triggered by words like this to one of our other colleagues, and mm-hmm. I just don't. I'm trying to think of like phrases that like people say that I'm like, uh, you know, that doesn't work for me. And like, they're all just really mean things that people just wouldn't say. Right. Hello, thoughtful humans. We're not thoughtful. What'd you say? Hello, thoughtful humans. We're not thoughtful. Right. No, but you know, like, like, people use the word partner now. And like, I would have, I, it's very it's you're like by asking someone if they have a partner you are doing it the right way i think mm. but until i worked here i would have never been like so do you have a partner i just like i don't know and i don't want to think that i'm like out of touch or insincere or abrasive because i don't think i am i just have never really been triggered by the way people like i love that we're in a space where people have like the word trigger i didn't even utilize until i worked at this company so i I use it all day long now um but like i love that people are so open here about things that make them feel a certain way because we can all coexist so much more peacefully when we're open about it beautiful yes communication 100 percent and I think it's realizing kind of like you said, you use the word accidental. How am I being accidentally offensive? It, it is accidental. It happens all the time. And it's just a matter of accepting that it is going to happen. There's, there's no rules or shortcuts or things that you can do to say, well, now that I'm doing all these things, I'm definitely not going to offend everyone, anyone. It's going right. to happen. And it's just a matter of how you respond to offending someone or that you suspect you offended someone that's really like the catalyst for if it's going to be a good dynamic moving forward or not 100 percent. that's fun so i'm gonna jump in here because i want to move this to there's a lot as i said of women in college in pr who are jumping into the workforce and 
without even crunching specific numbers, there's less actually in the workforce doing said thing. So what is the advice that you would give to those people coming into the workforce, those women coming into the workforce about like, what do they need to know or what would your advice be? And I'd love for each of you to answer if you could. Work hard, do what you say you will do, learn everything you can, have tremendous willingness if you want to succeed and move forward it so i don't have a formal marketing background i studied anthropology and art history and classics in college i have never taken a statistics class mm. i have had to learn and teach myself on the fly i started using hubspot when the hubspot methodology was a website page of how to do inbound marketing and it was just pages and pages and pages long and that's how I learned it right and that's where I came from and I'm fortunate that I had a job out of college where they said hey we have this thing called HubSpot you're going to learn how to use it right and it was handed to me like that mm -hmm. and and I did and that's how I learned that to do well in the workplace you have to show up and do your job and embrace all of the things you don't know I have friends who have college degrees in marketing who have said to me, I didn't learn how to do marketing in college. Mm. Right. So if you're studying marketing now, if you're entering the workplace, whether you're a man or a woman, be prepared to be a learner and you are not too good for an entry level job. You are not too good to make $35,000 a year. You're not too smart for any of it. That's, you have to start on the ground floor and embrace that. And if you do that, you will succeed. Mm. I love that. I think coming out of your academia and expecting nothing is the best way to be. Because if we come out expecting to, to be first draft, you're, it's just not going to go well for you. But I love that, Julie. Um, I would say uh, my advice, I, would, I was thinking about this like my advice to myself, but like this repair for everyone or anyone um, is to not be afraid to like speak up for yourself and for what you believe in and who you are as a human being and what you're passionate about. Because if you're at an organization or a place that you don't feel safe doing that, then that's not the right place for you. And there are thousands of millions of hundreds of jobs out there. You will find another one. You can always find another job. Um, don't sell out on yourself and who you are. Amen. That's very good. Very good. My advice would be to prioritize culture above anything else. Now, this might not be a shared opinion of some people. Um, I know a lot of people will take a job because the salary is mind boggling and they're like, well, I would be an idiot not to take this because it's an amazing opportunity or they take a job because they think that they can climb a ladder very quickly. Um, and those people go through 40 hours of bullshit a week <laughs> and they hate their job. And while tangibly, maybe they are, are receiving some sort of like financial or um, career development sort of benefit, they're not actually enjoying their day by day. Um, 
So for me, whenever I've been interviewing for somewhere, culture is a leading factor for whether I will take a job or not. And that is not something that I'm willing to compromise on. If I'm getting like bad juju by like the second interview or something like that about some sort of weird cultural caveat that I don't agree with, um, I, I run and I run fast now. And kind of to piggyback off of what Jackie said, I'm not afraid to take a job that might not necessarily be as astounding of a pay or have a um, instant short-term payoff like another job would um, because I know that in the end, the people that I surround myself with on a day-to-day basis bring me happiness and make me more attuned to self-grow And by default, I will grow in my career and I will prosper as a businesswoman because I'm in an environment where I thrive. Amen. Love it. I I know y'all are mermaids, but that was excellent Wayfinder stuff right there. A Wayfinder each. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. What a great, what a great conversation, ladies, friends, bros. Um, I just triggered every one of you. Um, (laughs) Thank you for having us, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. Yes. It's been fun. You all are fantastic humans. I appreciate working with all of you. Um, is there anything that we didn't ask that you want to make sure that the Wayfinding Growth audience hears from you? Yes, please tune in to Maiden Voyage. You can find us on all of the stations and channels. Uh, <laughs> yes. Do it. No, follow us on Facebook. Um, listen to us on, you can find us on YouTube. Yeah, I don't know. Jen, where can they find us? YouTube, you can, you can find them by going to, yeah, you can yeah. find them by going to the show notes or yes. hitting, going to impulsecreative.com and hitting Maiden Voyage in the bottom left corner of the screen. Yay. And we'd love to send you our press kit because we just made one and we're like <laughs> all about it right now. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> Which, by the way, inspired me to create ours, and it's still not done. <laughs> right yeah, on, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I slacked it to you a while ago, but you've been busy. So anyway, yeah. Um, awesome. Um, Thank you three very much for being a part of this. Uh, go, go, be amazing mermaids, y'all. Sadly, that'll do it for this week's episode of Maiden Voyage. We'd like to thank you, our amazing listeners, because let's face it, lady life is hard. It's incredible how much we accomplish every day, and we all deserve awards just for existing. If you're watching the show, make sure that you subscribe, click on that thing for instant notifications, speak your mind in the comments, and share us with your fellow voyagers.